Pat Sajak abandons the wheel, Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson go to war and say hello to Tony Soprano. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everybody to the first All Nines edition of 30-20-10, the show that looks 30, 20, and 10 years ago back in time of news, pop culture, movies, TV, video games. You'll get it in just a second. Uh, this week we'll be covering January 4th to the 10th. We had a little bit of uh, nine spillover last week, but this is all 1989, 1999, and 2009. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris I got up this morning and got myself a gun. I'm Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah, long-suffering mob wife. Uh, and and <laughs> So this, this week will be a lot of unremarkable movies mm-hmm. and unremarkable games, and it's like the gods gifted us with the most remarkable show of all time to juxtapose <laughs> all of that. So we can just go ahead and... And I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, Bushy. I can't even do my... Uh, I can't even do my... Did we? Well, I did... We totally told them. I did want to say that real quick, and this is a bad thing to put you on the spot for. But do we know of anything for 1989 we're super looking forward to? Oh, God, yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I tweeted stuff out uh, New Year's Eve of the kind of stuff we are looking forward to. Do you, do you want me to spoil things for Yeah, you? absolutely. We'll be talking about these later in the year. Goodfellas is 1990. Correct. Okay. 90. Damn! Okay, so for 89, we will be looking at Bill and Ted, Back to the Future 2. Wow. Heathers, Little Mermaid, Batman, the last good Indiana Jones movie. Some dead poets. We got some Harry and Sally. We got some Fields of Dreams. And I'll got, I'll uh, spice it up idiots, with some uh, dragging a dead body around. I'll spice it up with some UHF and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, mm-hmm. this is true. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, as of 1989, the most successful independent movie of all time. Because that's how <laughs> the world worked back then. Uh, <laughs> Yes, but there's so much to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, revisiting the 89 Batman, I feel like that's that's going to be a highlight for me. It's yeah. I do it every couple really of years. I'm really looking forward to that. It's, it's really surprising, and I love that it's no longer held aloft as a benchmark for what Batman should be, because it's just as camp as the Adam West Batman was to us in 1989. It is crazy. Yes and no. I mean, it's such a huge turning point. That's That's the part that I'm looking forward to. It's like... That this is the first time, like, we're taking this shit seriously. Mm. We are, really, and we're doing a damn good job at it. But there's also some of the camp and the crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. We had to mention those movies off the top. Because there are no movies. Uh, <laughs> January 4th to the 10th. Um, yep. Nothing else came nothing. out. Nothing. Rain Man uh, sits atop at number one. And um, I don't want to shit on any movie later in the segment or even in the weeks to come. But, like, January is considered a dumping ground for movies. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. I grew up hearing it being considered a dumping ground because it seems back then nobody bothered. Mm-hmm. This is a bad week to put a movie out. Don't do it unless it's really shitty and you have to get it out of your out of your chamber. Sure. Everyone's at yeah. the gym. Yeah. <laughs> getting shredded. Getting shredded. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of it is we've got holdovers from last year. Everything that came mm-hmm. out to make it to award season that came out like Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rain Man's still number one because a lot of people still haven't seen it, so they're going to see it. Yeah, that's what we do in January is catch up on all the stuff that didn't make that we didn't get to that we're going to see on Oscar nomination mm-hmm. lists. Exactly. And if you want to see how that whole year shook out, there is a bonus episode of Thirty Twenty Ten. It's not the 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 listener strike back episode. It's it's a whole recap of eighty eight, ninety eight, and 08, uh What. 
what was popular, what made money, what won awards, uh, what the world ended up rewarding. Uh, and it's never as fair as you'd like it to be. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think, should have won all the <laughs> Emmys. That's how much I like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no movies. So Rain Man, yeah, number one. Uh, but we do have some, thank God, some television. And it's all terrible. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. January 4th, The Man in the Brown Suit. Oddly enough, starring Rue McClanahan. I'm kidding. And Tony Randall. <laughs> and Tony yeah. Randall. Agatha, it's an Agatha Christie adaptation. It is entirely on YouTube if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if you're new to the show, and I'm, I'm sorry because my voice is a little messed up, uh, almost every straight-to-TV movie from the 80, 80s segment are all on YouTube for free. They, yeah. are, they are seemingly beloved enough that people go out of their way to make them exist for others, mm-hmm. but not beloved enough to have official... Commercial releases. They scratch that itch of you saw a scene from it from your childhood Damn, and you yeah. have to look it up. Damn, like, yeah, that yeah. is exactly what that shit is. Yeah. Um, oh. But uh, I, you may have seen NBC's TV movie, A Twist of Fate, aired on two nights, uh, January 8th and 9th. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a little clip. A Nazi who became a Jew and for decades <laughs> got away with it. How could you do it? Ben Cross, Veronica Hamill, Twist of Fate. Premier Sunday. Yeah. A Nazi who became a Jew. If we, oh, my God. It's the reverse Stephen Miller story. <laughs> if we hadn't had, if you hadn't had enough Nazi stuff recently on 302010, here is oh a God. crazy story where, I, yeah. I, now I have to see it because, like, the scene where they show him, like, a Nazi who became a Jew, that little clip on the YouTube video <laughs> Is like the Joker's transition. Oh, he had plastic. The had story plastic, is he had plastic surgery. So what plastic surgery did you have, my <laughs> yeah, friend, to make yourself look more specific. Jewish? specific. <laughs> Yikes. Just a, just a Nazi trying to do the right thing. No. <laughs> it was to hide out. Was it? Yeah. It's okay. to, it was to escape. Uh, Nuremberg. Persecution, if you would. No, more uh-huh. like prosecution. Uh, Payback. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Twist of Fate is like the worst title for that, though. Indeed. There's, True. It's not really a twist of fate if he's making a conscious decision to do this. <laughs> <to win. laughs> yeah, it should have been called a twist of irony. Yeah. Um, yeah. but Or maybe, hopefully, change of heart. Change. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Atonement. Oh, wait, that's a movie. Never mind. Or uh, if it's a musical, I would call it the Swatastic Redemption. Yeah, I try to fit swastika in there. Oh, oh, Uh, gotcha. um, (laughs) uh, Wow, on June 8th, uh, my ex is going to go crazy. Poirot debut. Poirot. Yeah. One, two, punch of Agatha Christie. I I love Poirot with David Suchet. I love that show. I told that story. He would run it in those long-ass blocks on A&E late at night, and I'd just suck it up. Hmm. I, I, I told that story about my ex, who I'm still great friends with and love dearly. Uh, she patiently sat through every fucking Marvel movie as the boys did cartwheels whenever like Thanos's finger came on screen, and uh, it was very patient. And then like I forget what movie we were seeing, but like the Murder on the Orient Express trailer, and I think she like almost stands a little bit. <laughs> oh, I see. This is your Marvel. Oh, poor thing. Then in that case, oh, was it a bad movie? Yeah. We didn't go see it. I yeah. think it's pretty, pretty widely panned. Mm, that's too bad. Uh, but the show, but, uh, the show was beloved. I love the show, and it ran for I don't know eighty thousand years. Mm-hmm. It just, well, it just got, you know, it never got canceled. It, it like t- it would take like years off, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, because that's probably a uh, British. Go production. So there you go. Let's see. It ran to 2013. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Holy smokes. Some of our that's listeners, uh, spoiler, won't live as long as the Poirot series. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. But that's that's only 70 episodes. Which is, <laughs> oh. okay. oh, it's, it's on the Sherlock but, yeah, schedule. It's, 
Right. Okay. So it originated at ITV, so that's Channel 3 in the mm-hmm. UK. And then, uh, yeah, it aired in Canada, PBS, A&E, sometimes I think at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I, I just love it. Like, that, that's he's my Poirot. David Suchet is just my Poirot. And, and like, tell the people who I, Poirot is real fast. Uh, he is a Belgian with a funny mustache who solves crimes. So he's rather persnickety. <laughs> I do love a persnickety TV character. Yep. He's a character he from literature. Persnickety. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Not not in a like a Sherlock Holmes sort of weird way. He's just very, very exact. Mm-hmm. He likes things to be a certain way. And he will criticize you if they are not that certain way. Okay. Then, and uh, then he puts you in jail because you murdered somebody. Mm. Taking a big swerve for uh, Americans, uh, Inside uh, Edition debuts. <laughs> uh, debuts on January 9th. What is it? How would you? It's a magazine tabloid show. Yeah. Is this the one hosted by Bill O'Reilly? Yeah. The Fuck oh, It Will Do It Live clip comes from Inside Edition. The Fuck It Will Do It Live, yes. The one he confusedly thought he won a Peabody for for a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> Wait, was it ever serious news? I mean, in that <sighs> a current affair in Donahue are okay, serious. Gotcha. But like, uh, yeah, mostly like uh, lesbian mothers. I, I don't know. I, I could sure. be completely wrong on this. <laughs> yeah, they would alternate something that's like, oh, that's, you know, a human interest story or something sort of interesting. And then something trashy as fuck. I gotcha. And it's like, you know, uh, this woman survived out in the wilderness for 18 days after a horrible car accident. And after that, Satanists in 7-Elevens. <laughs> <laughs> Next, can you drink your own pee? We'll take I think it's still on, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, the format's still on. 30 seasons. Wow. Wow. So, yes. And this is what what I got fascinated by. um, Because this guy was our final television item of 1989. Again, we're we're, we're ramping up, people. Like, uh, but this guy was a household name back in the late 80s. Even I knew his name because I thought it was a funny name. Pat Mm -hmm. Sajak. Mm -hmm. Pat Sajak Mm -hmm. is a funny name. He quits one of his wheel of fortune duties to go have his own talk show and uh right. i remember this was mocked pretty pretty heavily throughout the next five years so did someone else oh daytime wheel of fortune there is right? apparently two I'm versions confused. of wheel of fortune there's one that is on nbc in daytime and mm-hmm. like the one that comes on at like seven o'clock and is syndicated it's uh-huh. not it has no network affiliation pat so- Jack hosted both of, both of those at that point and i think quit one or both to go do Admittedly, a bad canceled talk show. He did 300 episodes of that thing. What? <laughs> yes, he did 300 Damn. episodes in one year. In one year. Uh, it's, uh, but to his discredit. So it's a, so uh, it's a daily like, yeah. afternoon talk show? No, a nighttime talk show. It was before CBS had Letterman. So they wanted to. Uh, so everybody was expecting Carson to step down. And like somebody at CBS is like, we think Pat Sajak is the guy. And mm-hmm. I, I am trying to ask, like, was he the guy? I don't remember. I remember he's like, I guess he's handsome. No. Is Dan I, Quayle handsome? Yeah, I always thought they looked the same. I, I wouldn't even call him. Han- he's like ineffectual in every way. He, like I don't hate him, but I have no love for him he either. Does have to do like quite? You know, he's got to do the game show banter, mm-hmm. which I guess would lend yeah. what is a skill that would lend towards a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that makes sense. My question is: Did poor Vanna White have to stick around? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. She stuck yeah. around, and and they have both stuck around ever since. Yeah. That show is older than any of the hosts, uh, by the way. I think it's been on since 75, Wheel of Fortune. But the Pat Sajak show, it starts this week. And um, the funny thing, I because re- I couldn't stop reading about this. I kind of I wanted to figure it out, see if there were any great clips from it. Uh, there's not, with maybe the exception one I couldn't find, where Rush, Rush Limbaugh guest hosts. It mm. turns out Pat Sajak is a closet right guy. 
So, not uh, so closet anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, not anymore? No. I haven't seen it. He's yeah. been pretty vocal about um, that recently. But uh, he had Rush Limbaugh co-host his show, and he just like went in the stands and like yelled at women on their stances on abortion. Like, this is a, this is a thing that exists and may have aired on television. Uh, and that, and when I say the show did 300 episodes, he eventually is like, ah, this isn't working. Fuck this. So he took every Friday off and had a guest host. Uh, his last show, he did not host. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> that, that distinction goes to Paul Rodriguez. What a who, cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy hearing, like, a, a, I heard a story that, like, Pat Sajak and Vanna White are actually good friends in real oh. life. And, like, you know, when they would have, when you shoot talk sh- or um, game shows, you usually shoot, like, Batches. 15 in a day or mm-hmm. something like that. And so they would just go to lunch and get loaded and just, like, <laughs> super drunk and then come back and, like, tape for the rest of the day which i imagine you would have to I, there is there's a job like something that. weird thinking about that job like you can go get tanked in the middle of the day and you'll have no effect on the outcome of the entertainment value of right. the product right uh and they've been doing it for 40 years i mean mm. is it the I'm, best job in show business probably yeah. i think it is yeah you probably show up for like one day a month and yeah yeah vanna white she is the best show and yes best job. I, she, she they, has the best job they let the her world. keep her job when they got rid of analog letters mm-hmm I know there's a hacky stand-up bit in there, but like mm-hmm. right now she she points to a TV that turns on. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. She's gonna be the last person that has not been replaced by a machine in society. <laughs> and I, if you remember back in '89, she was referred to as the most beautiful woman alive. She she was shorthand mm-hmm. for the. She still got it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll double yeah. down on that. It was like a thing about well, what's she wearing tonight? Right. <gasps> it's a spankly dress. Oh no! The amount Spank- of sequins that woman has been scratched by. <laughs> her poor I bet like the bottom side of her arms are just scar oh. tissue <laughs> no feeling there at all no nope. just yep yeah nothing stab it well I imagine we'll talk about the Pat Sajak show one more time when it's canceled uh, in 1989 <laughs> but it, it begins this week um, and let's move into games real fast which is real real light I saw <laughs> Nintendo counter suing Atari but I can oh. almost ni- with 99% uh, assurance Confirm Mega Man 2 definitely releases in the West this week. Mm-hmm. No game would release on Christmas Eve, uh, but they did in Japan and it's out here. One of the greatest games of all time uh, debuts on our English shores uh, for music January 4th to the 10th, 1989. Uh, we have new releases Rush's live album, A Show of Hands. Every Rose Has Its Thorn, uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison is back to number one. I apologize. And why did you buy every single? Is that why? I hate this song so much. <laughs> it's so bad. I, I hate it when the when the date rapists pretend to have a heart and make a monster ballad. <sighs> I can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> when we're not doing stripper music, waiting on a star to fall by Boy Meets Girl. That is on the charts this week, and that's what we will close out with. I like this song. I don't know this song. How would I know? Oh, you do. Okay. You do. I was I was because we don't have a lot of changes. You know, we don't have any new albums except for the Rush Live. We've got you know pretty much everything. In the top five is about the same as it's been for a couple weeks so i started going through all right how long until i hit a song on the top of the charts that is like oh oh my god i super know this song mm-hmm. i don't know the name of the band this is it it's like yep. y- you think you haven't heard this song you have heard the song a thousand fucking times True. possibly while roller skating <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll be the judge of that uh we will find out you will find out too but make sure to stick around because the next segment i'm gonna have a fucking blast uh, stay right there, people.
Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It really is. I think I think movies have gone to way less effort to explain their premise than the beginning of Home Alone. It's almost like a like reverse noir mystery movie where it's yeah. like they had to reverse engineer all this stuff to figure out like, hey, like no, we there's no this is an airtight argument that cannot be argued. Yeah, because I I was I'm trying to make the point that like no, I think the screenwriters took leaving a child behind very seriously. Yeah, and had they to, probably tested it. They probably right. used a kid in. Uh, <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. This is definitely the sound of 1999. Boy bands, anyone can do it, just be white. Mm. Uh, that's what 98 Degrees said, and they jumped on in there. <laughs> and it became, I don't know, the fucking, the fairground, uh, the fairground boy band crooners. You can see them at any county fair they come through. That's true. Uh, I should say, I have absolutely heard Waiting on a Start of Fall. I just always thought it was called Baby We Can Start a Fire. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like they're saying to me. Followed up by the denial, we did not start the fire. We did not start the fire. Is that going to be out this year? Billy Joel's to the extremes? Is it really? It might be. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Uh, But yes, that is music of 1999. January 4th through the 10th. um, That is on the charts this week. New releases in your area by uh, Hawkwind and Black Black the Sun by Alex Lloyd. I'm Your Angel by R. Kelly and Celine Dion is still number one. Of course it is. 1999. News, January 4th to the 10th. On January 7th, Clinton impeachment trial begins. Yeah. Would, oh, boy. He would Here not survive. No, he'd be fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Ty. you got to put this in context. Well, he lied about stuff. That's frowned upon, <laughs> generally. Um, not, as a president, are you sure? Well. Are, are you sure? There is a theory that if the it's president... It's not illegal if the president doesn't. Exactly. We heard that last yeah. month on 30 2010. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how to put this into any further context. I really don't. Because like, uh, by the time the trial began, I'm like, this just started? It feels like this has been going on for months. Yeah. But the yeah, official well, trial just started. It had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all the information coming out and all that. And then, uh, yeah, there was some real debate you know, with the Republicans whether they should go for it. Because, uh, I mean, the information about Clinton and Lewinsky came out. Then there were the midterms, and the Republicans didn't have like a huge mandate off of it. And... Clinton's popularity went up because everyone thought they were being unfair to him. Mm. And um, yeah, they're like, all right, fuck it. You know, we still we got the Senate, so we're going for it. And we get this impeachment trial. And that's what all daytime TV will be for a while. Mm. That's what and, all SNL um, will be for a while. Yes. And yeah, it will all work out great for everybody. It was not a <laughs> giant waste of everyone's time or keeping their lunches down. And will no way ruin an innocent intern's life yeah. forever after. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, no, no. 
She's on the yeah. comeback. I, I imagine she makes a decent money on speaking engagements, but still, like, yeah. I bet she wouldn't trade it. Um, yeah, um, I do have to recommend the Slow Burn podcast. They, they I, I didn't mean to check that it. out. Uh, yeah, they they explain more the timeline and sort of like what was going on behind the scenes that we weren't hearing about. And like they actually talked to Linda Tripp and like I actually feel a little bit bad for her now. Mm. John like, Goodman? Someone, yeah, exactly. Someone who seems so unsympathetic. It's like, but she kind of thought she was doing the right thing because like the president shouldn't be diddling people are in their 20s or what whatever. What year is this? <laughs> yeah, I know. It all seems just so quaint now. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. It all seems like it's such the, small the, potatoes. He lied in a civil matter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My pearls. <laughs> Moving into the movies very, very fast. Uh, January 4th through the 10th of 1999, we have a movie starring... Kathy Bates, Sidney Pollack, Dan Hedaya, Stephen Fry. Jesus, you put a lot in here, Diane. Uh, Kathy yeah. Quinlan, John Litgow, uh, Bill Macy, Tony Shalhoub, Robert Duvall, and John Travolta. And I'll say, why not? In 1999, this is probably the biggest week ever for a, I don't want to say young, James Gandolfini. Because mm. he's got a, mm-hmm. he's got, he's, he's uh, part of the main cast in a movie. And he's going to have something later on. I don't want to spoil Even it. Even bigger. Uh, you can't guess it yet. But this is a civil action in this number one at the bo- box office because it has no competition. There's a lot of people in my neighborhood that are dead from something. Behind the company's reputation, somebody had to have seen what happened, lies a dangerous secret. They think it has something to do with the city's drinking water. Now, one lawyer is about to discover. If you're going to knock a guy down, do it so he can't get up. How much he'll risk for the truth. I want an apology for what they did to my son. John Travolta. They say they want it to end, but it's war. A civil action. Otherwise known as Aaron Brockovich for men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's, that's exactly what it Pretty is. Um, this cleavage. is actually a 1998 movie that uh, is going into wide release this week because mm-hmm. we had so much to cover at the, the end of 98. I figured let's hold it till it actually, you know, people actually go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. It's, it's okay. You know, yeah, it's, it's a lawyer in movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, got, yeah, an amazing <laughs> cast. Got a fucking great cast. It's no general's um, daughter. <laughs> no, Nothing it's is. Not. I mean, I love but a good legal no. thriller type of this, this, reviewed this well. one. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Especially about kind of a environmental law can kind of be a little yeah. dry. Unless um, George Clooney's starring in it, and we were years off of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. And the book is really good too. Um, and it's very, it can, the book can get a little dry too, but it's excellent. Okay. All right. Well, that is the only movie out this week. Uh, yep. well, would you like to hear what we got coming up in 1999? Yes. Yeah. Because 1999 is a legendarily good year for movies. I, I know my, I can name you my favorites right now. All right. Hit me. That would be three Kings, which I think is first in chronological order. Uh-huh. Um, dogma. Fight Club, uh-huh. uh, being John Malkovich. Oh, being John Malkovich! Yep. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. The, that, this is the year I had a yes. DVD player, and it was just like anxiously before DVDs had like set schedules. They just they might come out in six months. They might come out in two years. And you just wait. Two of those movies you just named, we watched as in philosophy class at Nerd Camp. Wow! I'm I gonna, won't tell whoa. you which ones. Oh, let me see if I can guess. All right, it's, it's got to be uh, Dogma. No, there's no funny answer here. It's not Dogma. <laughs> uh, what what else we got, Dime? Well, also something you could watch in philosophy class. We have The Matrix coming up. Oh, yeah. We did actually watch that in philosophy class. Yeah, like April yeah. or May or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a summer movie. Yeah, I think it's April. Um, well, because it got out of the way of Star Wars won The Phantom Menace. Yeah. 
<laughs> so sorry. Mm-hmm. Just like, well, that turned out. We're going to get to talk about that. We're going to get to talk about American Pie, Election, I am really looking Oof. forward to. Yay. Blair Witch. Okay. Freaking Galaxy Quest. Galaxy <laughs> Quest. Nice. This would have been the year I bought a DVD player for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe yep. it. That's why I love the show. I, I can put a, a, a date stamp on it now. Yeah. Blair Witch is my first DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know so many people were Fight Club. Yeah, it was their first DVD because it's 99. Uh, we also got the Sixth Sense Magnolia Office Space and a one-two punch of animated crying, really ugly, Iron Giant and Toy Story 2. Wow. Ooh, I'm so excited. Whew. I okay. am so excited for some of these. Me too. too. Yeah, 99 is going to be so good. Well, speaking of cartoons, as we move into television, um, I wish some of us were a little younger because we could talk more glowingly about Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which premiered on Cartoon Network. Uh, I see noted as the first cartoon created for the network that wasn't uh, created by Hanna Barbera hmm. because they this mostly is like the really, really ugly, really loud, annoying show, right? It is. If I told you it was from I the makers so. of uh, the creator of the Brothers Grunt, which is oh. one of the most wildly unwatchable cartoon shows MTV ever put out, mm-hmm. and then tried to make these silent characters watch music videos Beavis and Butthead style as they like pop their eyeballs out and their veins bolt. It's very weird. But look up Brothers Grunt. It's got a great Toby Huss theme song. But he followed up with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which has, um, like, by comparison, a massively successful run on Cartoon Network. Yeah. P- there are definitely people younger than us are big fans of this show. And I see them, I see memes pop up with it every yeah. now and then, too. It was somewhere in and out of production for, like, 10 years mm-hmm. until 2009. They got their own movie. They had specials and shorts. But, like, it didn't really ever go out of production for 10 years. And, that, mm-hmm. like, I don't even think Dexter's Lab had that distinction. Ed, Ed, and Eddie was... Uh, Seemingly very popular. And I see it pop up in memes because I know I've noticed a lot of people end up finding things that I don't think Cartoon Network wanted mm-hmm. people to find. Like uh, jizz Kleenexes and whatnot. That somehow, oh. <laughs> yeah, the, there's some ribald stuff hidden in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Hmm. But it's a story of like gro- <laughs> three grotesque friends, um, oh. male friends. So that's bound to happen. Again, I didn't watch much of it. I would have been, been in college at this point. But it's not that I wouldn't like to check it out. Cartoon Network doesn't make that easy for us, do they? Anyway, also on television, January 4th, Zoom returns to PBS. What the fuck is Zoom? So Zoom uh, was a 1979 PBS show or public broadcasting show. um, That was all the whole deal is that it was all kid produced and kid centered and so like children would write in like recipes science science experiments like advice things and it's basically all just children doing stuff it's kind of a cool idea main ingredient in guacamole is gum (laughs) like so you're telling me a public service definitely a public service pbs so it's you know educational for sure uh but yeah it comes back to pbs in 99 goes on until about 2005 if you have any recollection of the show though this um Opening song will definitely bring it back to you because it's. This isn't bring anything back to you. Not to, not to 1999, Christopher. Absolutely yeah, probably not. not. This is for all some of our younger early 80s Diana, though. Yeah, exactly. Without the cool beat on it before, but yeah, well, I, you should see these cool dance moves that are happening. I just referenced the Brothers Grunt. There's no way I'm gonna get this. Um, <laughs> I'm Zowie. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Providence premieres on NBC on the 8th as well. Yeah. I feel like I should remember the show. So I had to look it up and I was like, oh, yeah, this show with Melinda Kanakarides. Canna- she has beautiful. Kana what? <laughs> she Karides. Has beautiful curly hair. Very Greek actress. Mm-hmm. She's a doctor, comes back to her own 
small town. I looked it up and I was thinking, I think I would love to revisit this. This seems like a very cozy medical show that I would be right up my alley. I, I, I don't know. Let me know, listeners, if you've seen this and if it's worth a visit. Uh, TNT has a TV movie for us because they are starting to know drama at this point and not just Brady Bunch reruns. Purgatory with Sam Shepard, Randy Quaid, and Eric Roberts premieres this week. Pretty dangerous game you're playing there, son. You gonna deny your Doc Holiday? I don't have that whole thing figured out, but y'all ain't dead the way people think. This town here's some sort of hole in the wall for famous outlaws looking to retire. What fucking score is this? It's a famous score <laughs> from something yeah. else. Uh, I know this uh, apparently is a fan-made trailer. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. I could f- I couldn't find any original ads for it, but I could find like big chunks, like huge scenes from it and everything. Um, this got really strong reviews. It's a western about like this gang that ends up in this town full of other outlaws that they think may be dead, like Wild Bill or Doc Holliday, and it's like, wait, are they in? purgatory like the title or what purgatory but, i get it i get it yeah also it looks like i think it's the same warner brothers western set that they um used for uh what's it called yeah, westworld what? that oh. burned down oh really so i'm like wait a minute i've seen that church before oh neat but yeah like it's got some strong ass reviews and i do like myself a, a slightly twisted western yeah, so me too. yeah maybe uh, I'll tell you well, what. My I, plane's drifter, but with gangs and shit, I'm I'm down, I'm down. Yeah, I'm also down with continuing the wonderful Batman the Animated Series saga in one of the weirdest ways I think you can with Batman Beyond. Uh, as a little kid, I was my mind was blown by the Batman the Animated Series cartoon that premiered in the wake of Batman Returns. Kevin Conroy as Batman, Mark Hamill as the Joker, etc. Uh, they continued that story into an old Bruce Wayne needing to oversee a new Batman as he's mm. getting too old, kind of like, I don't know, not 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 teaming up with uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, but a little bit like that, but to create a young, brand new Batman exclusive for television. And that debuts with a full-length movie this week. In a future without heroes. You're Batman. I was Batman. And without hope. You gotta do something. <laughs> Never again. One young man will step forward to become the Dark Knight for a new era. Warner Brothers presents yeah. a brand new hero. Stop where you are. No thanks. Having too much fun. Batman Beyond. I love that. It's only been like seven years since Batman, uh, the animated series premiered. But my favorite Batman is now the old uh, steward, as if someone made, made this show 20 years from now. Um, but yeah, my, the Batman I love is here to coach the new Batman and I didn't get to see much of this obviously cause I wasn't home very much and didn't have the WB, uh, back then, but like people love this fucking show. Um, yeah, I, I knew like nothing about it at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, whatever more Batman. I mean, it's just, is it going to be more of the same? I figured it wasn't going to be as good as Batman, the animated series. And it was only maybe seven or eight years ago. I saw a clip of, uh, Batman beyond return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. which was the darkest fucking yeah. thing yeah. I have ever seen. We find out what happened to the Joker in like the animated series mm-hmm. world. You know, it's a flashback to, yeah, Batman finally like killing it. He just fucking murders him because he kidnaps Robin. And yeah, spoiler alert, he kidnaps Robin, no. brainwashes him, finds out 
that Bruce Wayne is Batman and then tries to have Robin kill Batman. And it's so dark. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what? I might be interested in this show after all. Yeah, dude, check it out. I mean, <laughs> this is not for the children's. Well, I, I admire how much WB's animation studios didn't really mind going out on a real violent limb for Batman uh, in the 90s. Because yeah. this is uh, not so much in the movies. They The movies got so much stupider as the mm-hmm. cartoons got smarter and um, mm-hmm. and more beautiful. That's a, I don't know. We, that's, we always praise DC's animation on that level because as their movies got worse, their cartoons got better. Oh. And Marvel has the opposite trajectory. Their cartoons are dog shit. Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> kind of. That, that doesn't stand for everything. But uh, uh, hey, look, SNL on the 9th. Bill Paxton and Beck are your uh, hosts, your guests. And James Cameron makes a cameo in a painfully unfunny Titanic sketch. Yeah, yeah. I went to check it out. When I saw the James Cameron cameo, I was like, well, let me check it out, see if it's worth pulling it is not worth pulling <laughs> oh just some titanic sketch where uh, it's not even worth explaining but i do like always saying who's on snl that week because i do feel like it's either a great time capsule of the time period or it's like a what the fuck why <laughs> sort of question i mean you know paxton's not with sense. us i would love to see this i, yeah. I wish i would have gone and watch it mm. um and I can't. I love Disney Swiss Family Robinson, so yeah. obviously I'm going to love David Carradine and Jane Seymour and the new Swiss Family Robinson, which airs on the 10th. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I figured. I figured this would be right up your alley. I couldn't find a promo for mm-hmm. it, but you can find the entire movie on YouTube. So go check that out if you're interested. But yeah, I mean, I think it's set in modern times and the dad gets a new job and is wants to sail his yacht with his family on it from Hong Kong yes. to Sydney. Sympathetic characters, do, yes. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get shipwrecked and blah, blah, blah. And then we make a call on our satellite phone and rescue it immediately. No, we got to keep going. <laughs> um, uh, but we also have the 25th Annual People's Choice Awards. This is the one that like the people actually vote for. So these right. awards are terrible. This is literally just a popularity contest. It's truly. I did. Do we still have them? I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, we still have crap like this. Okay. I, I shit on it, but like, I don't know. That people should be allowed to choose their favorite this and that of the year. That's um, true. Rather than industry professionals. But then you just get people being like, "Thanks." Like best male TV performer Tim Allen. What favorite new TV comedy Jesse? Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. But then you get like fam- favorite motion picture actor Tom Hanks. Sure. Well, no shit. I'll take it. It, it, it. And by the way, it's not outstanding or best. It's just favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it mm-hmm. could be anybody. Bruce Campbell would sweep this on my card. Sure. Uh, and it's hosted by Ray Romano. That's all I have up here. Um, and finally, finally, we finally got to it. Finally, you can get out of this way. Cue that awful theme song. Yes. Is it, it awful? Yeah. I like it. I like it. It fits the Sopranos and it fits that intro, but it it's kind of indicative of the era. Like, try listening to it without that scenery. You'll go crazy. I do. I have the soundtrack. Peppers and Eggs? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they call the soundtrack. Oh. This is mm-hmm. the Sopranos. I love the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm, every time I have to go down this road for 302010, I am always tempted to create... I know I should don't create a Sopranos podcast. Don't create a Sopranos do podcast. Do it. Do it. Don't we've been do ta- it. we've been talking about this for a year. Don't, don't <laughs> do it because uh, this premieres today on the tenth, and it is uh, immediately finds an audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of strange because, like, um, if you notice the phenomenon that is Stranger Things, that's kind of what The Sopranos was, mm-hmm. where everybody on the show is instantly famous and uh, showing up on every talk show. The Sopranos. Inst- I don't know how it instantly found an audience because mm-hmm. at this time. If you didn't listen to that recap episode we did, 
the opinions of critics and the ratings did not overlap that often. And this was a critical darling that was embraced by everyone else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find that weird. It, when I describe the show to someone who hasn't seen it, like, uh, yeah, they don't like gangster stuff. I'm like, well, good, because you have whole episodes where no gangster shit happens. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a shitty, uh, like a shitty look at a shitty world that we're finally out of. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what it's like to have unappreciative family mem family members, but with like a mortal it's a family. It's a family drama, and it's also a workplace drama. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah it, but it, it is it is excellent. It deserves to be called one of the greatest shows of all time. And mm -hmm. watching it, by the way, if you have Amazon Prime, you just have every access of every episode. It looks so good. I wish I had a better expert on here to talk about it, but like I'm pretty sure they shot this all on film. And yeah, I think we, definitely we, we did. just got to a point where Netflix is shooting stuff on either film or real high def cameras because like their first couple of years of original entertainment looks like dog shit. Mm -hmm. Like some of 30 Rock looks like dog shit. Mm -hmm. That's not color treated well. But Sopranos looks amazing. It looks like an independent movie with an Oscar winning like cinematographer all mm -hmm. the time. It looks very good. And uh, I don't know. Someone else. Which is lucky great. for the amount of dream sequences that they do in the show. Right from the first season. It's great. You get yeah. to watch Hesh hover past a window. I'm like, yeah. that's what people do in dreams. They don't <laughs> they don't walk. They hover. It's true. Um, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's interesting that this is this is the beginning, I feel like, of HBO going full prestige. Mm -hmm. I mean, prior to this, they're biggest drama show was Oz, which started two years before. And this and is their second that's, show. That's very adult. This is their second you show. Know, they make a big deal about how adult that is, but like serious, but also adult because of all the sex and the naked dicks and the violence and stuff. And then to go, I mean, but also you figure that show's kind of affordable because it's all sort of on one big set. True. And then this is so specific to a place and I mean, you, you can give the, the theme song some shit for being very 99, mm. but of shows that I binge, there are only a couple where I will watch the credits on every episode, and The Sopranos is one. They, they it make sets a lot the of tone. They make a lot of good musical choices, and even mm -hmm. when they're like bad songs, like no, of course these pieces of shit are listening to that song. Yeah, like of course they are. HBO is pretty good about those opening songs too. Mm -hmm. Six Feet Under's is one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, and also yeah, the theme song is very '99, but so is the entire. Look at the show. Well, that's that's my note. No, but that's my note on the show is that like in terms of pacing and how it looks, none of it feels that dated with the slight exception of technology and when they when they play modern music. Right. Yeah. But the no, show lasted six seasons for almost 10 years. I didn't mean that pejoratively. Oh, I sure. meant it like if like the clothing choices and, and everything. No, no, but that's, that's what's um, great. Her, it looks so good and so 99. But that's what's great about the show. Yeah. Uh, and maybe greater for me because my connection to that Italian word, I'm an antista, I'm Italian, uh, are all dead. Mm -hmm. And my grandparents were very much like this. Olivia is very much like my grandmother down to her guilt tripping and whatnot. Mm -hmm. She is very much like this. Those people were always 15 years behind modern trends. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. when you watch this with a 1999 eye, like, no, David Chase is showing you that. They're wearing old clothing. They like 50s music. Right. Uh, they like, they or like, set, they, like if it's by a black person, it's got to be from, from the 50s. If it's by a white person, it's got to be from the 70s. That's all they like. I think that was one of, maybe one of the appeals that is because we're so used on TV to seeing mm -hmm. people from like New York or LA and they always look super cool and they yeah. always have all the coolest stuff mm -hmm. on. And these people kind of just look like our neighbors. Right. And like how, <laughs> yeah. and, and watching it now, like how unlikely a fucking star is James Gandolfini. Right. An overweight, bald guy with a speech impediment. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> he's amazing. He's one of the best leads of any wow, show I, I can think of. I really think of him having a speech. And you should watch the pilot episode because yeah. it was filmed 18 months before the rest of the show. Oh, wow. So, like, everybody ages yeah. massively. And yeah. uh, Tony himself, James Gandolfini, gains a lot of weight mm. and gets bold, yeah. balder. I can't remember. I thought I read he either gained 60 pounds on purpose. Mm-hmm. But either way, he gained 60 pounds from episode one to two. Ooh. Um, oh, boy. Because, like, you can see it in that civil action trailer. That's mm. a, that's a oh, yeah. trim Gandolfini. He looks more like true romance Gandolfini. You look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, also, though, the show really gave us... As far as I'm concerned, Edie Falco, who is well, one of my favorite I was, I was, favorite I, actresses. Uh, Oz was actually my gateway into okay. TV dramas. Period. I was watching cartoons and comedies. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching any TV dramas. And Oz, like Diana said, like it is a little edge lordy. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't earn every way that it uses HBO's uh, badge of honor to show whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot of yeah. yeah you can just watch a Nazi shit in someone's face. Uh, Pass, <laughs> but, but Sopranos thanks. never does that. Yeah. Like, never does, goes anywhere close to that. And when it does, it's like once a season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ralphie beat a stripper to death. That was the one thing. Like, we're all sitting around watching. Oh, like, that one was hard. did they show this on TV? Yeah, and she's pregnant. Okay, great. This is amazing. <sighs> but uh, yeah. but I love highlighting um, that. Like, the creators always knew they were pieces of shit. And mm-hmm. some of us, and even me, sometimes are rooting for these characters, and they're all mm-hmm. awful, and they're all racist, and they all be Trump supporters now. Uh, but, <laughs> but I watch uh, if you, for a little behind the scenes. I started doing my thirty twenty ten prep with the Sopranos. Developed a hundred and two degree fever mm-hmm. and came in and out of consciousness throughout twelve episodes of the Sopranos. So mm-hmm. I fell in love all over again, and I encourage you to do so too. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about this too a couple weeks ago. Like I'm interested in exploring maybe in a future episode antihero characters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I know that there have been antiheroes in pop culture for a long time, but I feel like this might be the first big one that we were all talking about. Right. And all rooting for. Well, I think because even when we had antiheroes, he was like a cop with a with yeah. an edge to him, and he was redeemable. Right. Whereas, like right. when you tally up what Tony's done in front of you, dude, you cannot like no. this guy anymore. Exactly, and um, yet you he, do. He he deserves to die at the end of the series, which mm-hmm. we discussed in thirty twenty ten. He did first not. Year. Well, he did. <laughs> he did. I think it's very clear. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's very clear, and even if he didn't, he kind of did because he died in real life. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's the, oh. the uh, another thing I had in my notes that. I'm watching it and like, wow, Johnny Sack, dead. Uh, James Gandolfini, dead. You know who's not dead? Dominic Gianzage, Uncle Junior, who, oh, no. who got who got Alzheimer's in the second season, who played a grandfather with Alzheimer's 20 years ago, is doing fine. Oh, well, not dead. Yeah. And he's so That's good. True. He might be my favorite Sopranos character. Oh, wow. Uncle Junior. Yeah, it is worth mentioning how good this cast is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dominic Gianzage, who I just, I mean... He goes back to Godfather 2 with me, yep. like I recognize him. But I didn't know Michael Imperioli from anywhere. I yeah. remembered E.D. Falco from Oz occasionally. Mm-hmm. And half the time I was like, wait, is that the guy from the E Street Band? Yeah. <laughs> He's even on the show. And why is he so much fun? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rumored that they had auditioned him to be Tony. But it's like, this wow. is too funny. Mm. Uh, we can't. Our lead can't be this funny. And as my dad and I were watching, he's like, no one ever talks about how funny the show is. Oh, yeah. Because it it's, it's also fucking hysterical yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to being dramatic and sometimes hitting you in the face with something crazy and violent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just silly and fun. It, it's much sillier than I think anybody gave it credit for. Oh, totally. I mean, oh, yeah, think- so much of it is about these little dumb things that, you know, <laughs> are like everyday concerns, but they're done in just such a goofy ass way. Like, yeah. I just I, I think the scene where they're trying to shake down the uh, the Jamba Juice is one of the funniest damn things ever. <laughs> but it also has like a great point to it mm-hmm. uh, in the last you know, season. Like, yeah, in the last season. Mm-hmm. 
that sort of thing. I, thought, I really thought like, you were going to go with the rabbi because I just saw that episode. Oh, good. Like, um, yeah. Also, can I say, this might be the best show, except maybe for The Wire, to binge because there are so mm-hmm. many extraneous characters floating around that when you binge, you start to recognize them again. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right, that's that's his friend from wherever. But when you had to wait for a week or two or months or years. Or years, because like, Sopranos I, took two years off on occasion. Mm. But I was, yeah. I was, and that's another thing I was reading about how hard it was. The ratings for The Sopranos is really, really good. But when yep. it came out, uh, tell, the Nielsen ratings didn't know how to tabulate ratings. Remember, uh, this is make, make me feel so old. There's no on-demand yet. But there's like, your cable right. package might have had three HBOs. Right. So after yeah. 9 o'clock, odds are you'd find The Sopranos airing on one of those HBOs. And I think at one point, before people had widescreen televisions, they were like, HBO 1 will have full screen, HBO 2 will have widescreen, mm. they will air simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And the Nielsens didn't know how to count that. But like, still, I think 4 million people tuned into the premiere, leading to a high of like 11 to 12 million. Wow. Which is crazy. That's, a, that's like a fifth of Seinfeld's finale. Like, this was a phenomenon. It's so bizarre to think about that way of watching now. Like, because I get really excited for TV every year and I get really like excited, like, what's premiering and who's because I'm a TV person. But I rarely ever like watched a premiere of a television program now. It's almost always, I'm going to let it go two or three episodes and then like binge it and see if this is the TV show. Or I'm really excited and, um, Oh, really? Netflix shows premiere at 2 a.m. on the East Coast? Yeah. Great. What yeah. a great way to celebrate a show. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like crazy to kind of think about like people probably seeing promos for this and being like, we've got to tune in on Sunday. Well, yeah. Behind the scenes, like uh, yeah. I met, no, I didn't meet Sarah's husband that way, but we did. It's the only thing you can think of because we, we're not football people. Mm-hmm. So we made Italian dinner every Sunday night and watched mm-hmm. The Sopranos together mm-hmm. with a bunch of us. You were talking about doing that again, I think. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to revive it. We have a noodle cookbook that I've been dying to get into. (laughs) Plus, I know how to make two things, lasagna and tiramisu. So we're basically set. (laughs) I don't want to overshadow anything you have to say about Sopranos. I know you're just as in love with it as I am. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it has a reputation as one of the best shows of all time. I, I definitely put a top three. I do. I don't uh, even have to think about it. I think it might be the best show I have ever seen. And like I said, I binging so it helps underline that. You, you start to see the larger flow of the show and how well thought out it is and how the characters change but don't change. And that's their major fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you know? None of these characters, these characters are obstinate to change, like almost at every end. Mm-hmm. Well, it's school. This is how we do things. <laughs> Not changing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, but like this is, I love this clip uh, because one of the things it highlighted for me when I watched this as an adult is how this weird mob show, how well it nailed depression and not just mm-hmm. for Tony, but yeah. for other people. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I remember it like just kind of flowing off me until like, you know, hey, maybe I've succumbed to a little bit of this. And like, they de- they describe it and show it in, in ways that even in 1999, they the world couldn't accept. But these characters, that's their defining attribute. They can't I- accept anything new, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. psychiatry. Or aspects of the mind and inclusion. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Tony says something here. What I really do like, and it, I wanted to highlight it here, because one, I think this is one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Um, it yeah. establishes a yeah. bunch of stuff. It is also weird. They do a lot of, they break a lot of rules that The Soprano Show wouldn't do later on, like narration. And oh, right. uh, it's mostly a flashback. They rarely mm-hmm. ever did flashbacks. And if they did, it was just like the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, or... What do you call it? Diegetic music. If you hear a song in The Sopranos, it's playing from a device on, in the camera. Um, but they do that a couple times here. And it starts out with Tony 
sitting in uh, Dr. Melfi's office, and this is him describing what happened to him. My understanding from Dr. Cusimano, your family physician, is that you collapsed, possibly a panic attack. You were unable to breathe. They said it was a panic attack. Of course, all the uh, blood work and the neurological work came back negative. And they sent me here. You don't agree that you had a panic attack? <sighs> How are you feeling now? Good. Fine. Back at work. What line of work are you in? Waste management consultant. Look, it's impossible for me to talk to a psychiatrist. Any thoughts at all on why you blacked out? I don't know. Stress, maybe. About what? I don't know. The morning of the day I got sick, I've been thinking. It's good to be in something from the ground floor. I came too late for that. I know. But lately, I'm getting the feeling that I came in at the end. The best is over. Many Americans, I think, feel that way. I don't know. Like that. Oof. I could just keep watching it. Well, it's just that, like, I never mm. framed the sh- They never framed the show like this, but in hindsight and with the last season, this is. The show is about the end of the mob. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, who grew up with a little bit of Italian culture, kind of the end of certain aspects of Italian culture. Mm-hmm. We just lost our Buca di Beppo. It's <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> but um, it, is, it is partially about that, and it is partially about, I guess it's on a new thing in 1999, but the incoming uh, pff, omniscience of psychiatry in mm-hmm. all of our lives and mm-hmm. like us, how, how poorly these people react to it. I think the Dr. Melfi angle, the writers clearly get tired of, and it's kind of yeah. painful mm-hmm. to see her on the show. But the first couple seasons, it's great because she you know, goes from like this Hippocratic oath-following doctor who clearly wants to help this patient, who's admittedly a hard patient, but she sees it as a challenge. And then we see through her going to her therapist and through her family that, like, you need. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you following this yeah. dangerous person who's endangering you? And um, in the first episode, they establish certain things, and I love that she lays it out like this, like right after that sequence. And there was this issue of an outstanding loan. Can I stop you for a second? I don't know where this story is going, but there are a few ethical ground rules we should quickly get out of the way. What you tell me here falls under doctor-patient confidentiality, except if I was, uh, if I was to hear, let's say, a, a murder was to take place. Not that I'm saying it would, but if. If a patient comes to me and tells me a story where someone's going to get hurt, I'm supposed to go to the authorities. Technically. She doesn't want to go to the authorities. She wants yeah. to hear the dirt. She wants to hear the dirt. And I don't know. I, I love it. <laughs> Please, people, they acknowledge it in the show next season because I think Analyze This would come out next Christmas. Mm. And, right. it, and he has to go see another psychiatrist. He's like, look, Mr. Soprano, I've seen Analyze This. That was a fucking comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it also, though, part of her deal isn't just like hearing all the tea Mm -hmm. about what his Mm -hmm. job is, but also like I think it shows what a charismatic character he is and the allure of being around him. Like 
he people are attracted to him yeah. in men and women not even in like a sexual way but just in a it, charismatic right? oh he gets it see um <laughs> but in a char- charismatic way and so i think that's part of the draw there between the two of them and there's always something underlying spicy between them that i always like yes yeah yeah and I, I, another thing i really like about it is how it if you came in trying to watch a straight up mafia show like mm-hmm. they deny you at every turn and it happens mm-hmm. in the first episode Christopher kind of goes off and shoots somebody. And then he's like, um, now I'm going to throw it in their dumpster with Big Pussy. Throw the dumpster, leave a message. And he says, Louis Bracco sleeps with a fish. He's like, idiot. Luca Brazzo sleeps. And why? that's a fucking movie. Why would you send them a message with a guy they just killed and put all this heat on us and allow the cops to discover a body? Mm-hmm. Whenever I watch Goodfellas, it's like, why did you kill all your friends in this elaborate manner to, to Layla? <laughs> <laughs> was it to send a message to your friends you were about to kill or so the cops could find them? Is it? And Pussy's like, it's just better that it disappears. No one knows. Mm-hmm. They know, but they don't know. And that separates it from any mafia thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, at that point, this is not the show you're thinking of. When people die, people are going to die a lot less frequently than you think they are. Because mm-hmm. uh, that brings you heat. Uh, yes, but the, the the end of, not organized crime, but the Italian mafia. You know, that's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. About how media aware the characters are. Yeah. <laughs> how often it comes up that like, they start making jokes about, yeah, Goodfellas or Godfather, or Raging Bull, or, uh, you know, getting obsessed with Gladiator or, <laughs> <laughs> or Mario Kart. Yeah. It's just a little crap like that where it's Dude. like, yeah, usually you don't get like a, a brand name shout out in stuff. The heart, the hardest but I laughed is the thing I forgot about. It makes like, it so much more realistic when people they're watching the same shit I'm watching. Paulie mm-hmm. Paulie Walnuts pulls up in his Cadillac and honks his horn, and his horn is the theme to The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> if you can please imagine that being done by arm, <laughs> it's fu- it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, and to the point of like not seeing a ton of death on this show or less than you may expect from a mafia show. I mean, I think that it also goes to the, you do see a lot of how boring a lot of this job is just having to like unload a truck full of VCRs all night long or some (laughs) shit like that. Like it kind of reminds me of like CIA movies where it's like, most of being in the CIA, I think, is pretty boring. Like most of the people who are in the CIA are just looking at financial records. Yeah, basically. Or like listening to a headphone. Uh huh. Yeah. Nothing. Still nothing. Oh. Two days later, still nothing. Still talking about still what they're having for dinner tomorrow. Okay. It's, it's a smart, smart, smart show. And like, I, even I like forget. Like, does Tony your, have a cell phone or doesn't he in the first mm. season? I can't even remember because cell phones are in the show. Uh, and they end at right, right around the time of iPhones. That's when The Sopranos is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it holds up so well. And it looks better than almost any show made in the last 20 years. So yeah. please, please do yourself a favor and check it out. I've heard people say it's slow. I just think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you like Better Call Saul. I know people have called mm, that yeah. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Those, yeah. It's slow in that way. We're like, we're going to show you a long, beautiful shot that mm-hmm. looks very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, <laughs> of the New Jersey shoreline. Or the fucking Esplanade. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are long. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice little shot. Dutch angle on Christopher. Well, we're going to try not to talk about this show every week, but I am not promising anything. <laughs> I. That's the thing of HBO shows. There's it, a couple highlights, man. Right. Yeah, we're going to have we to cover. We got to talk about college. Of course. I love college. Uh, I really want to play a clip from Boca, because it's all about eating pussy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. how this generation can't admit that they do it. Oh, um. I know. That is hilarious. <laughs> like, I... Yeah, 
that whole episode is amazing. Oh, and that they always have like the, just like all these inappropriate things that would get you kicked off Twitter. They just say all the time. That's also relieving to see this button down world. Polly Walnut's going into a fucking psychic. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, yes, Sonny. He says you killed him. <laughs> fucking quiz and just throws a chair. Like, did you? Is that the word you meant? Like. <laughs> It's, it's not like, even relevant to this situation. Yes, <laughs> Use your words, Polly. Yes, Polly Walnuts. What are you doing? Um, Polly Walnuts, I believe, one of the um, only real criminals. Did a little time in jail. Uh, who's oh. on The Sopranos. Whereas uh, I think I also looked and it's, it shares 27 cast members with Goodfellas. No, well, no one really in a main show. But like like I was watching the the early uh, rabbi, uh, not the rabbi, the Jewish episode where they're trying to take over the Jewish hotel. And that's Morty, whose wigs never come off, not even in water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and there's just tons of little Goodfellow cast members everywhere. Even Martin Scorsese in like the second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I guess we have to move on, don't we? <sighs> I guess so. I don't want to stop guess. talking about The Sopranos. Because you know what came out for video games? Not a goddamn thing. Hmm. Oh, I but let's close out with Trippin' by Total featuring Missy Elliott. Why is that die? Is that from something? No, it's just on the car- charts this week. There's nothing else to talk about because there's not really any new music. So, yeah. I'm here for it. It's only The Sopranos. And that's all you need this week, people. Check it out. And when we get back, let's head into our first ever trip into a thorough 2009. Panelled is a brand new comic book focused podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Hey, I'm George. And I'm Jason. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love. And we cover everything from the golden age to the modern age. If you're a comic book fan who enjoys going beyond the page to learn about the history and creators who bring the characters to life, we're for you. You can find Drawn and Panelled wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at genxgrownup.com. Talk to you guys soon. ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of december 4th through 11th yeah like nothing came out like basically nothing in any of the years i look at 1944 which would be 75 years ago 1969 which is 50 years ago yeah nothing but i looked even further back and i found something january 8th 1929 so 90 years ago this week was the debut of vertov's man with a movie camera Yay! Okay, so you probably don't know that name. Uh, It's an experimental film. It's a silent documentary from Russia in 1929. Um, It doesn't really have uh, too much of a narrative or characters, but it's because it's so like artsy fartsy for the time. It is actually using a bunch of techniques that we just take advantage we we just take for granted in films now so like jump cuts and split screens and dutch angles and close-ups and that kind of stuff so it's really really ahead of its time uh in the sight and sound film critics poll which is for like the super fancy best pictures of all time poll uh it ranked as the eighth film eight ugh. it ranked as the eighth greatest film ever made because those guys are fancy schmancy academics and such and they appreciate it 
you really want to watch it so you can be like, yes, I've been well-versed in silent Soviet avant-garde film, then yeah, Man with the Movie Camera, it's on YouTube. It's like an hour long. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting watching. If you're not feeling all artsy-fartsy, then, uh, I don't know. Watch It's a Wonderful Life again or something. Nah, just kidding. That's artsy enough. Hopefully I'll find something better for, for you coming up in the next rest of the year. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. to a new era and it's just January. With that is Stars Born. <laughs> is this the first breakthrough Lady Gaga song? Yes. It wasn't Poker Gaga Face? Gaga begins! Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the first one. Uh, Lady Gaga featuring Colby O'Donis. Ooh, that did not that did not fare as well for Colby. Uh, is that a guy or a girl? Either way, good luck to you. Um, it's number one this week and I feel like it will be for the next fucking year and like you know how you know you're a big big song you have a music game named after you th- throughout the next 10 years that's right uh we also have new releases in 2009 january 4th of the 10th from, uh by from saxon into the labyrinth and uh meriwether post pavilion by animal collective uh, i remember almost liking them and, and just every decade we visit is going to be a little different uh this one being the weirdest gran torino is number one at the box office what the fuck <laughs> okay what the fuck I- okay with it looking at the movies that we are talking about this week maybe if we took a deeper look at the movies that did come out it would make more sense why Gran Torino is number oh, yes. one. Uh, oh, it makes a lot of sense a lot there's not a lot else to see uh like nope. the unborn despite having uh Idris Elba in it and uh Carla G- 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 G, you know, for other people I've never heard of and Gary Oldman okay Gary Oldman, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Cam Gijanet is from Twilight <laughs> is that how you say his name I don't know I'm guessing Gijanet um Gigandit uh, Megan Great, no, she's just good. Uh, but The Unborn, I'll play a bit of that trailer. Do you think it's possible to be haunted by someone who's never even born? <laughs> What's happening to me is real. Get out of here! Go! It's not safe to be around me. And this is the video record of the attempted exorcism of Casey Belden. Okay, okay. Uh, I've never heard yeah. anybody talk about this film. Is this an anti-abortion movie? No. Okay. I mean, maybe there's a way you could cram that in there, but no, it seems like she's being haunted by her fraternal twin who died <laughs> before birth. Yeah. She's trying to take over her body to come to the world and maybe kill people, question mark. I don't know. Do you don't think care. you're going to get a nuanced conversation about abortion from producer Michael Bay? I mean... <laughs> and then the <laughs> womb explodes! People, you know, yeah, it's immediately what I went to when she was like, haunted by a 
child that never existed. Yeah, just the name would imply something like right? that. Because what? Are ghosts actually born? What the fuck are you talking about? Frankenstein now, had no birth. Now she just has the strength of a full-grown woman and a small baby. <laughs> uh, well, that movie's not easily explained, and this movie is not easily broken. Uh, yeah, really good, right? Uh, Bravo. Raji Henson, Morris Chestnut, Kevin Hart, Wood Harris, I pronounce, but I don't feel like it because my voice hurts. Uh, broken is out this week. Experience about the good times. You guys think I'm getting fat? Yes. <laughs> the hard times. Do you really think a baby is going to fix our me? And with the what we having right now? Uh, and the times that yeah. keep us. The hell you want? Better knock that victim chip off. He's gonna end up just like you. What I do with my business will give your son an opportunity. That was Avon Barksdale. I was gonna say, is yeah. that Avon Barksdale? Indeed, it is. Uh, yep. Yeah, not easily broken. Not not easily broken. Uh, it's based on a book written by T.D. Jakes, mm-hmm. the pastor of the megachurch. It's directed by Bill Duke, which is cool, but there's not enough shooting in it. Mm. I really want a lot of, I want more gunfights versus predators. Am I right? Everything's going to be fixed with prayer, I bet. Uh. In something. I um, like all these actors and I want them in better things. Yeah. Including token white guy Eddie Subrian, who is Mr. Leanne Rhymes. Really? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I hope to see some of these people in better things. Um, I didn't see Bride Wars, by the way. Nor did I know Chris Pratt was in it. Really? Because it's so made for you. Yeah, it's right up your alley. <laughs> I don't know. Was it God, fun? It's such a no. guy flick, right? <laughs> Kate Hudson hasn't made a guy flick in her life. This sh- Kate Hudson is a sign yes. that says, stay, stay away, Christopher. If it's not uh, almost famous, stay away. Uh, but Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson, Candace Bergen, Kristen Johnston, uh, Brian Greenberg, and Chris Pratt in uh, Bride Wars. Marion. You are what have been booked on the same day. Which one of you wants to choose another venue? What? What? One of us will just have to get married on a different day. One of us will have to be flexible. Well, one of us can look at different venues. Yeah, one of us could. I've spoken for like a week. It's like a century in girls' ears. You send out your save the dates? Surprised? Your wedding better watch it. If I were your wedding, I'd be sleeping with one eye open. You're right. Your wedding will be huge, just like your ass at prom. Your wedding can suck it. Just a pre-wedding glove. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking, Bridezillas. That's I was thinking. These guys, they're not going to get into a physical fight. Kate Hudson ain't halfway too classy. Mm-mm. Too delicate. No. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. no, that's why it's so funny because, man, bitches be tripping. You know? <laughs> it's They've been almost... planning their perfect wedding since they were little girls, and now they're competing for the venue, it's... I guess, at the plaza. And so they're going to sabotage each other's weddings because they're terrible, terrible people. Is, is grotesque pandering representation, does that count as the same thing? No, I reject this. <laughs> I mean, I... This movie probably does pass the Bechtel test. It <laughs> probably does. Uh, wouldn't that I be don't funny? Think we if, wanted to. Wouldn't that be funny if it didn't pass the Bechtel test because they didn't actually have names? Uh. <laughs> That's the part that they fail on. <laughs> this movie sucks. And as someone who semi recently planned her own wedding, I find it very insulting. Why? <laughs> well, it's yeah. just buys into that whole like. Wedding the wedding is weddings are for women only mm-hmm. and it's my most specialist princess day in the entire world and it's something I've been dreaming yeah. about forever. Mm, I've been dreaming of boring my nephew by making him be a ring bearer <laughs> for nine, <laughs> nine hours. That's what it'll feel like. Before he even existed. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and the guys are just pointless accessories. I mean, they might as well just have blow-up dolls wearing tuxes. <laughs> yeah. It's not about, like, starting a life together and making a commitment. No, it's about being a princess with flowers! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. gross. Also, how expensive are those weddings? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's, these are 100 grand weddings, yeah. so I got no sympathy for these people. I've mm. been the to... The more a- expensive the wedding, I figure the shorter the marriage. <laughs> I've, I've actually attended... In, in one of those $100,000 weddings. Mm-hmm. And it was the best lobster I've ever had. <laughs> but I was like, holy shit, this is a But house. you could have gotten lobster at the best place in town and gotten your whole day back. And a house. <laughs> and a house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that is sadly it for the movies. Um, and uh, we got some television. Yeah. <laughs> January 4th through the 10th of 2009. You, oh, People's Choice Awards. They're back, baby. Uh, who won this year? Very Fate. unmarried. The Jay Moore two season. <laughs> Yay! Finally, the recognition he deserves. This makes it seem like some of this is paid for, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, like a walk yeah. of fame star. <laughs> favorite favorite movie drama is The Secret Life of Bees. Yeah, we talked about that. It, we did. Yeah, being the Wait, favorite that's movie a drama. Favorite. Yeah, it beat out 21, I mean, which I don't remember, and Eagle Eye. Guys, wait, is, I don't know. Oh, 21 is the poker movie with uh, Kevin Feige. Right. Um, and with who? Kevin Feige. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's just call him Kaiser Soze now. Kaiser I mean, Soze. he set us up for it there this whole go. time. I mean, he put out a really great movie at the end of Christmas that still fucking bothers, shakes me to my core. Like, why did you do that, dude? Oh. <laughs> It's like all the shitheads were activated and decided to like come back into the zeitgeist for a few minutes. I also like a uh, favorite male singer, Chris Brown, accepting an award next to favorite funny female star, Tina Fey. wonder if mm. they got along. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> speaking of Tina Fey, let's move on from the People's Choice Awards. Damages season two premiered. I lied too. Yeah. Damages, I think, is a real underrated show um i would i was super into it glenn close is amazing in it so is rose byrne i think hbo owned the last decade for television but fx was really good tv a decade later and i the the second the the end of the first season like ended on a real shock and then man the season two just opens up guns blazing and it is it's it's fantastic i feel like it fell off a little bit in the third season but i i give damages a high recommend especially for two i I, yeah i only watched the first season and i i really liked it Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i just never went back to it i just felt like well i guess we're good here that was good well if you got some extra time i definitely recommend it too busy rewatching nip tuck (laughs) oh no you never watched nip tuck (laughs) Show's not good. Yeah. Um, also, Grey's Anatomy came out on the 8th of January. Wish you were here. With guest star Eric Stoltz. Uh, tell, me, tell me when Seth Green is the guest star. It's the funniest thing yeah. in Grey's Anatomy history. Yeah, I want to watch his neck explode. I'll bring it up next time oh. when it comes up. I don't know. I always like bringing up when there's an interesting uh, guest star on these shows. And as someone who has watched Grey's Anatomy for many years and continue to, this is like one of the storylines that did stick out to me. Eric Stoltz plays a death row inmate who gets stuck shivved in his spine Mm -hmm. and so that's why he's at the hospital but he's set to be executed the week later so So, why put any resources in saving this guy for sure and they do talk about it on the show and it's uh it's i bet they kill him 
It's a, he has a two episode arc, so Ooh. it definitely and it gets into organ donation and everything. The next in the next episode, there's a sick kid and he wants to donate his organs specifically to this child. He's a serial killer who has slit the throats of many women. It's heavy Ooh. stuff, Grey's but anatomy. you know, fanning this is myself kind of over what here. Grey's Anatomy does Ooh. best, and you have to give it props for that. And a funny episode of Thirty Rock, uh, among other things, in this episode, uh, Liz Lamone. Tries to court Peter Dinklage, but uh, keeps mistaking him for a child. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honey. Excuse me. Hello there. Did you just touch my head? Well, I had to do something to get your attention. Okay, you got it. I like your tie. And I like aggressive women with a nerdy vibe. How about we grab some coffee and explore this? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I feel like I've just been talking nonstop. No, you also ate quite a bit. <laughs> it's my fault for wanting to hear all about your job. It's just so much more interesting than the UN. Oh, come on, really? You got all the different languages and the costumes and that big meeting room. It must be like working in the Galactic Senate in Star Wars. They are similar. <laughs> we are also very concerned about the growing influence of the Sith Lords. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Charming episode, Peter Dinklage rules. You know that. You didn't He's need to tell you that. When are we going to be able to talk about Game of Thrones on here? Which I think is the only thing, the only HBO show better than The Sopranos, or like even even comes close, is Game of Thrones. Mm. And I did want to admit that until recently, but it got better real than good. Deadwood. Um, I don't. There's like a, I think you can like take I think three episodes of Deadwood out per season, and you wouldn't notice anything's hmm. gone because they, they introduce way of, too many characters. I know there are a lot of stands for Deadwood out there, so I'm just no, it's it's, uh, it's ga- very true. Mm-hmm. But no, we don't get to talk about Game of Thrones till 2011. Oh, so close. But not really. Uh, on Saturday Night Live on the 10th of January 2009, we have host Neil Patrick Harris and Taylor Swift, musical guest Taylor Swift. The two most Ooh. earnest drama kids that have ever <laughs> dramaed. Are they in the sketch together? <laughs> yes, they are. I did not. So I, I grabbed a clip of it. We don't need to play it all the way to sure. when Taylor Swift comes on a, on a wrecking ball of unfunny because she is... <laughs> Not a fun, funny human. Um, I've seen a Saturday Night Live sketch or two, yeah. But if you are a Broadway fan, like I am, and like many of our listeners are, this sketch will crack you the F up. As you all know, Broadway is in trouble, and that's why we're all here. Now, uh, you know me. I am the Phantom of the Opera. And I'm Mark from, the, from Rent, the Pulitzer Prize-winning musical. Unbelievable. All right, look, guys. We know it's bad out there, and we are all struggling. Yeah, some people are even having a hard time paying rent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please, don't do that anymore. Okay, uh, first off, is, uh, is everyone here? <laughs> yeah, everyone except Jeremy Piven, but I don't think he has a good excuse. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Hmm. Right. That's probably a topical reference I don't understand anymore. Yeah, Jeremy oh. Piven was famous. I cannot remember what Broadway play he was it's probably in. probably Entourage the Play. Like I think it was a period piece, actually, but he famously dropped out of it because, and his reasoning was that he had mercury poisoning from <laughs> eating too much sushi. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy. But that's 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 pretty great. But I love you can also tell it works in audio because they don't trust the audience to get. He's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Or the guy from Rent. Yeah, but I mean, if you, it's them talking to a bunch of Broadway people and all of their. Uh, Broadway costume. Saw the witch from Wicked and yep. the cat from Cats. And it has three of my favorite modern day SNL ladies, like who are, hmm. you know. Wyatt Rudolph? 
singer people. No, actually, I love uh, Casey Wilson mm. and um, Nassim Padrad. Nassim And... And the other one. And his the name, other one. His name is escaping me right now, and I'm going to shout it out in a non sequitur probably as soon as I think of it. It's got to be Kristen O'Terry. Let's mm-hmm. combine two people. Maybe we'll get it right. Sure. Um, but SNL. I was definitely off the SNL bandwagon at this point. But you know what? Hey, there's games this week, everyone. Yes. <gasps> rejoice. Finally. Michaela Watkins. Oh. Oh. There you go. Sorry. I was going to say it. Uh, January 4th to the 10th for games in 2009. Pretty decent. Um, you kids were probably jerking off over Sonic Gravity Riders while game reviewers like me shit all over it and mm-hmm. you threatened us, including our livelihoods and our family. Uh, Jackass the Game hits the Nintendo DS. We did stream that and it's one of the most ridiculous movies to game things I've ever seen in my life. Kingdom Under Fire comes to Xbox. And a game, I, I'd like to say, pick it up if you see it. Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Uh, the, uh, the game based on the Adult Swim show, but it's made by Capcom. And it's done Ace Attorney style. So Capcom characters and Adult Swim characters appear in this one game. Hmm. Uh, it, it Harvey Birdman, which is undeniably funny, just had a, I think, a special on television. And all the yep. voices are back. Awesome. Uh, Guile's in it. And it's Ace Attorney style. And I know Di- even Diana likes Ace Attorney. That's why I brought it up. I, yeah, that's like one of the only kinds of games I can play. <laughs> Visual novels? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Something where it's like, okay, click on this. Okay, now you got one out of three options. Click on one of them. <laughs> that no sounds right up my alley. But whatever you do, yeah. don't move anywhere. Don't steer to the right or left. Don't strafe. Don't no. look up or down. You know, and that is it for our show. People, I got to tell you, we have never been so dependent on our wonderful, wonderful patrons at patreon.com slash support the shows like Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show, Laser Time, the weekly topic-based show, and this show, 302010, to try and make it worth your while. Uh, you got two new bonus episodes of 302010 stuff up. We have our December uh, Listener Strike Back episode is up, as well as our 2018, or should I say 1988 1998 and 2008 recap episode is up now for everyone. So you got a ton of 302010 stuff over there in addition to, oh yeah, some residual Christmas horse shit, including uh, a bunch of Christmas cartoons I hid from Disney and Warner Brothers that you can just enjoy in high definition for free, even though they don't want you to see them. And uh, Dave Rudd and I did a podcast all about the first 15 minutes of Home Alone. Uh, and yes, it was very, very fun. <laughs> how did how, how did Kevin get left Home Alone? Mm-hmm. And it, it, there are 16 reasons. And if one of them falls through, work it all. Um, anyway, uh, yep. but Patreon. Would you like to know about some of the movies of 2009 we're going to be Ooh, talking about? Yes. Uh, we have two of the best animated movies of all time. That would be Up and Coraline. Suck yes. it! Yes, those movies are fantastic. Uh, yep, we got Crank, we got Inglorious Bastards, we got Avatar, Zombieland, one of the best unrecognized films of all times, uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> Is that a yes. bad movie? I, no, I feel like that movie's fantastic. Movie. Yeah, but unrecognized. That movie, that ending. It's a cult movie. Now. I've never forgotten that ending. It is so wonderful to me. Yep, and uh, we have two interesting question mark superhero movies. We're going to get to talk about Watchmen, and we are going to talk talk about X Men Origins Wolverine. Wow, Whoa. the worst fucking thing that ever happened. Yeah, it's definitely a residual writer strike <sighs> problem. Mm. Oh, so bad. I, I, Can we do a commentary? Have you already done a commentary? We have. We did worst superhero movies. I think there's a pack. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there for that because it would just mean me screaming, what are you doing <laughs> for like two hours? Uh, you can find those at lasertime.bandcamp.com or you can get them all for uh, the price of $5 on becoming a patron at patreon.com slash lasertime. With that said, I absolutely must thank 
Uh, executive producer J.R. Rawls. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, J.R. Yay. Um, thank you so much for making this show a reality and contributing so much feedback. Uh, it's really awesome. He like While we were talking, he just posted about like how the fuck are they not supposed to talk about every episode of The Sopranos? Yeah, right? I don't know. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I don't brother. know. I don't know. The Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti is one of my favorite episodes of that season. <laughs> but once again, there'll be 12 episodes of Sopranos, and then there'll be two years without them. So we'll be, we'll be on two years without talking about them. Mm. Um, but thank you so much, Patreon, patreon.com slash Lasertime supporters. Uh, you are 99% of the reason we are still doing this. Thank you so much. Diana, where can people see you? Uh, they can see me online at Listenerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcast, that's 302010podcast, where people's comments and retweet other interesting stuff about what's been going on in the world. Uh, uh, other articles about stuff from 30 and 20 and 10 years ago. There's an interesting article from the AV Club about the faculty we talked about a couple weeks back. And uh, and teasing what's coming up like I just did. We're going to argue about Avatar. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm actually excited to revisit it for the first time since 2009. I've never bothered to go back and yeah. rewatch it. I've been afraid for some reason because it's, I don't know. And that's probably not fair to the movie. I am willing to bet that we're both going to revisit it, and mm -hmm. you're going to like it less than you did, and I'm going to like it more than I did. Oh, really? Did you hate it? Yeah, I hated it. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But once you hit that Disney park, oh, man, well, you never want to leave Pandora. Just kidding. You can hear that podcast on patreon.com slash laser time. But anyway, Diana, who died? Well, in 1989, we had a pretty big death. Uh, Emperor Hirohito died. He was 87. Wow. So... Obviously, that all guy, presidents and leaders and stuff had to go for the state funeral. That guy from all the uh, racist Looney Tunes? Yeah. Well, usually it was Tojo they were making fun <laughs> right, of more okay. than Emperor Hirohito. But yeah, uh, on the radio and tell everyone he was not a god. <laughs> wow. I do, in fact, have yeah. a butthole. No, no we've all been there. It's a hard day for all of us when that yeah. happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in 1999, speaking of Sopranos, great scene comes up about Iron Eyes Cody, who passed away. He was 91. I remember this. He's the crying Indian yeah. when they, someone litters and he cries. And wow. he was a Native American actor who acted for many years, except he was never a Native American. He was an yeah. Italian guy. Oh, in your face. He wow, just joke's on us. Lived as a Native American. He adopted kids and like he did all this you know, good work and stuff, but he was, the whole time he was co-opting a culture. He was not actually Native American. Nice. Uh, good on you, Billy Jack. Um, mm -hmm. and anyway, with the deaths, we have to highlight the births, and thus begins the b -b -b birthday oh, quiz. Birthday is a okay, first birthday quiz of the new year. Ooh, I say we start keeping we track. I don't want people to know how much I lost to Sarah. <laughs> Okay, this this is a weird one, but uh, here we go. Born January 5th, 1959, so happy 60th birthday to this person who has 275 credits on IMDb. Ooh, whoa. Yeah. Uh, his mother was a concert pianist and conductor, and his father ran the family publishing business that was started by his grandfather, who was a congressman. Wait, what, what's the year he was born? She, she, she 59. Was 59. 59. He is he. He's 59 and is an actor. But I did not know that. Oh. Cool, Congressman. Here's some of the movies of his that we have talked about on this show. The Guardian, The Express, Extreme Prejudice, Moonwalker, Flubber, Joe Pesci, Starship, Starship Troopers, <laughs> and Highlander. Uh, Michael Ironside. <laughs> no. He also has played a lot of prison guards. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown has oh. the worst suicide ever in Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> I... 
was gonna that was my next clue. He has the worst <laughs> death in Buster Scruggs. And he's Mr. Krabs. I know, I was so excited to see him just show up in the movie, and it's for like four seconds to have that happen to him. I know, like when he shows up, we're like, oh shit. It's it was just like the Simpsons paint that wag paint your wagon thing of like, oh, here's Lee Marvin, he's always drunk. Like, oh, here comes Clancy Brown, shit's about to go. Oh shit! Oh god! <laughs> what happened? Oh my god! <laughs> well, that's also Clancy on our Brown is the man. If you ever hear an interview with him, he sounds like the coolest guy ever. He really does. He's so chill. And I, I love that dude. And um, we talk about that more in our best of uh, 2018. Uh, you and Michael and Matt and Leif teamed yep. up with uh, me and Sarah and Sam to talk about our favorite things of the year in a ginormous laser time coming at you this Monday. So check that out. Support Laser Time Patreon at laser time, patreon.com slash laser time. And we will close out with Summertime Clothes by Animal Collective. And we will see you next week. Yeah.